0: I want to uh i want to ask you a question now that easter's come uh what should our response be how do you live now it's kind of like you know. remember when would when, would when you wait for christmas and you wait for christmas and, and all the excitement and then christmas gets here and then it's like oh i gotta take down the tree i gotta take down the lights i think i'll wait until february What should our response be now that, that, that Easter is here? We celebrate Easter because that is the victory over death. Do we comprehend that? Do we understand what that really means? That, that humanity was prisoner to death no matter how good you were, no matter how bad you were, no matter how much you tried? You died and that was it. You could not... Rise from the grave. But Christ came and Christ conquered death. I'm gonna say that again. Christ conquered death. What does that mean to you? Because He lives, we live. You know, and I don't I don't know about you, but but I, I I've seen a lot of people transition out of this world from this world to the next so they pass that through that veil of, of this life to, to life eternal and, and I look at that and, and when I was younger it kind of amazed me and a little fear maybe or a little of the, of the unknown but the older I get and the closer my relationship gets with God that fear has turned into curiosity and the idea of seeing Christ face to face can you imagine there's part of that that should bring a little awareness to you like oh I'm going to stand before the Lord But as John said, having not seen, yet you love. You're going to stand before the Lord and see him face to face. Won't that be an amazing time? Won't that be amazing? There's no excuses. There's no nothing. And the only reason you're going to get to be able to stand before him and see him smile Is because what he did, he rose from the grave. He took victory over it, and now you and I have that. Our lives, we should be giving thanks to God for life eternal every single day. We should be happy. We should be the happiest people in the world. Our lives should reflect this amazing gift of grace that we have received from our Lord and Savior. But how should we live? How should we look? How should we act? How should we conduct ourselves? What should our attitude be now that we understand that Christ died and rose again and because he lives, we live because we have conquered death because he has conquered death. I, I want to, to turn to Romans 15, 13. If you look in front of you, there it should be some kind of handout over there, uh, I decided I would go old school and give you a handout so just because uh, i didn't want to put all of the scripture on the screen, but I do have romans fifteen thirteen listen what what romans fifteen thirteen is Paul's talking to the church in Rome. He's, he has never been there. He is going to go talk to them. He's going to go speak to them. He's excited about it. And he, and he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and a little bit of peace. It says all peace, all joy, all peace, so that you may, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit I love what he is saying look at that word may you know what that word may means it's not the it's not the month of the year it means allow allow the God of hope to fill you do you realize that you have power to determine whether you're happy or unhappy Do you realize that it's a choice every single day? And you say, do you wake up every single day going, woo, this is a great day. No, sometimes I wake up thinking, oh man, I'm going to have to choose to get out of this mood. It's a choice. And Paul is writing to the church in Rome after he has laid out the gospel, the salvation plan in life and victory in, in him. And he says, allow the God of hope to fill you I love that. God of hope. You know what? God of hope simply means that you can expect good things from God. Allow the God that you can expect good things from. Do you expect bad things from God? I'm just going to wait until I get a little response. We're going to... There we go. There you go. All right. So the the, the God Of good things the God of hope the one that hope is what you're longing for that God may the God of hope the God that fills you and fulfills the hopes and dreams and desires of your life he said may the God that you can expect good things from scripture says if you know how to give good gifts to your children how much more does your heavenly father know how to give gifts to them to his children last time I looked we are the children of God how much more allow the God that you can expect good things from to fill you I love that. fill overflowing. That's not just partially full. It's not two-thirds. It's not three-fourths. It's not seven-eighths. It's not 15 sixteenths. It's not even to the brim. But it's overflowing. Allow the God that can fill you, that can take your cup and pour that water in so the water overflows onto the table and down onto the floor and, and out into the yard. Allow the God that has hope, that gives, hope that gives you the desires of your heart to fill you to overflowing with joy and peace don't you love that not partially full not three quarters full but joy filled completely full with joy exuberance excitement you say well well today's a bad day well today may be a not a great day but I know the God that has my life in his hands you say well but, but pastor I'm going through some bad things but I know the God that holds your life in his hand with your attitude toward the Lord you know I'm not telling you that every single day is going to be full of happiness like woohoo we're great I am saying that if you look at it from the right perspective, even Job in his troubled times, he said, even though everything's happened to me and I I will die, yet in this flesh I will see God. He had an understanding that at the end, all is well and when we keep a proper perspective that that god knows our lives that god has planned our lives that that god has has if you're following him he's not going to allow anything to happen that you can't overcome that, that there can be a, a joy, an inner peace, a, a tranquility that all is well with my soul. In the middle of turmoil, in the middle of pain, in the middle of sorrow, all is well. Why? Because I know the God of all hope and I have allowed him to fill me with joy and peace and trans, uh, tranquility. And the next one is important. As you trust in him. Trust. Isn't that a great word? Trust. You know, I've found in my own life, maybe you haven't in yours, but I have found in my own life, when, when despair hit, has hit my heart, when I think everything is doom and gloom, it's because I have forgot to trust in him, and I've trusted in myself, or trusted in humanity, or trusted in politics, or trusted in something else other than trusting in God if you really want to overcome those those fears and doubts and that negativity in your life begin to read the Word of God read about the God of hope and allow the God of hope to to fill you with peace and joy as you trust in him everything in life is not perfect but we serve a perfect God that can make everything all right and we have to get to the place that we trust in him that we know that whatever he has planned it's for our good whatever he has designed it's for our good God is a God of hope he does not bring despair he does not bring discouragement he allows us to be able to trust in him and as we trust in him and we say Lord I can't do this and I don't know the answer but I know the God that does and I bow my knee before you and as you begin to trust in him he starts pouring joy he starts pouring peace he starts pouring tranquility into your life If you want to live a life of joy and tranquility and peace knowing that all is well with your soul that I know that I know that I know that my Redeemer lives and whatever happens in that life when I stand before him I am going to stand before my Redeemer I'm going to stand before my friend I'm going to stand before the one that's delivered me I'm going to stand before the one that's pardoned my sins I'm going to stand before the one that defeated the adversary of my soul I am going to stand before him, and I'm going to see him face to face, and I am going to bow and say, worthy is the Lamb. There is nothing in this life that that comes our way that should allow us to get down. That's why Micah 5, 2 is so important. He said, don't rejoice against me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Sometimes we get knocked to our knees. You may have lost the the round, but you haven't lost the war. You may have lost one battle, but you haven't lost everything. We need to trust in Him. When you trust in Him, your life transforms. And you say, well, everything's going to be perfect. I'm not saying that. Daniel trusted in the Lord and he had to face the lions and yet he trusted in the Lord and God delivered and look what happened in that circumstance people were watching see Paul's declaration to the church in Rome is God's people should be joyful tranquil as they believe, have faith, trust in God. But do you realize that there's always somebody else watching you? Remember in Luke 19, the story of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was looking to see Jesus for what he looked like. He had heard about Jesus. He had, he had heard about the things that Jesus had done, but he had never met him. The scripture says he was short in stature. So when he knew that Jesus was coming by, he, he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. Can I ask you a question? Who's in the tree looking at you? Who's in your life that, that God has placed there that is looking how you live? that is looking how you handle situations, that is looking at you. And are they seeing joy? Are they seeing peace? Are they seeing the tranquility that comes through trusting in the Lord? Believing that that God is in charge. believing that that he will provide that he will deliver that he will set free that he will break those chains that he can provide that new job that he will will make the ends meet that he in the midst of a storm can bring shelter who's looking at you you say well I don't know well if you look you'll see a sycamore tree and in that sycamore tree there's always people looking at your life everybody has people there's always somebody looking at you and I noticed something in in Luke 19 it's really interesting Jesus walks by he sees the sycamore tree sees the man in it and he stops and he doesn't say hey who are you he calls him by name Jesus knew who he was even though they didn't know who Jesus was he wanted to see him he believed in him He trust, but he saw him and he called him you know what that tells me there's some intentionality going on with Jesus we, we have had this ministry, this program that I would like to reinstate Again, uh, called three, two, 2 Three meaning find three people that are in a tree looking at your life. Find three people that, that you can express the joy and the peace as you trust in the Lord, that can observe your life, that you're going to pour your life into to see them transformed. Trust Uh, that the Lord is going to do find three people three people and begin to pray for them be intentional about bringing them to Christ be intentional about loving them be intentional about making sure that their relationship with God is going to be in place I want to encourage you today if you don't have those three find those three and begin to pray for them. You say, well, I don't know uh, who's around. God does. Begin to pray. I want to encourage all of you to to grab three people. The two simply means this. Three people that, that don't know the Lord or have walked away from the Lord or are not serving the Lord. Two people that are serving the Lord with you that you can pour into, that you can encourage, that you can strengthen, that you can send a text that says, I'm praying for you, that you can send a a card that says, hey, um, thinking of you, something simple, something that's encouraging, that you have a couple of people that you've looked around and you say, you know what, I'm going to invest my time in them. three people that need the Lord two people that need to be encouraged in the Lord and the one is find somebody that you can learn from somebody that has that joy somebody that has that confidence in the Lord somebody that has that peace and watch them observe them if you want to talk to them and say "I, I need you to pour into my life then do that. Because there's no one apart from Christ that doesn't have, need somebody speaking into their lives. So, three, two, one. Remember that. Three, two, one. And I would encourage you to start not tomorrow, but today. Start today. Start right now. Allow intentionality to be part of your walk i noticed that that jesus with zacchaeus jesus said zacchaeus come on down i'm going to your house notice that the zacchaeus didn't or that jesus didn't say zacchaeus which was a tax collector that'd be like you saying to the irs agent hey come on over Tax collectors collected taxes for the hated Romans that had them under suppression and they made their living by not only taking taxes for Rome but taking a stipend for themselves. They were wealthy. They were taxing their own people and it was their own people that hated them. Zacchaeus was not a well-liked person. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house for dinner. Notice that Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, straighten your act up, and then I'll go to your house. Zacchaeus, change your life, and then I'll go to your house. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house as you are and as your house is. And when Jesus entered his house, Zacchaeus changed and his household changed. And Zacchaeus said, Lord, everybody that I have, uh, that I have uh, cheated, I am going to give back. I believe it was fivefold. Zacchaeus was transformed because Jesus took time to be himself. I will promise you this, that, that people around you are looking for joy. People around you are looking for happiness. People around you are looking for contentment. People around you in our world are looking for people that that don't have everything figured out, but they know that they have their life figured out because their life is found in Christ. And that, and that relationship with Christ is not built on, on ridicule. It's not, you know, Jesus didn't look at Zacchaeus and bring out this long list of things that he needed to do to change. He just said Zacchaeus, I'm going to spend time with you. And when, and when Jesus begins to spend time with people, people change. And the only thing that that God is wanting us to do is not condemn people, but to invest in people. And when you invest in people, it's our job to invest in them. It's God's job to change them. And I will promise you, when you invest in people, God will change them. Because they want that joy and that peace That you have. I have found that. It's true saying that money doesn't buy. Love. But there's a lot of things in this life. That that possessions. Don't fulfill. That's contentment. That's peace. That's knowing that you are right with your creator. Those are things that only come through a relationship with him and they need to be seen in His people. So how should we prepare our lives? If we are to be filled with joy and peace and, and trust in the Lord, what should that look like and how should we respond? Who are the people that are in the sycamore tree that we, that we can connect with, that we have intentionality? 1 Peter three fifteen and 16 says this. He said, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Number, number one, set apart Christ in your life. Allow Christ to be the head of your life. Your family, your friends, your finance, everything in your life. Number one, Lord, there is Christ and then there's everything else. But number one, first and foremost, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Before anything else, allow People to see that Christ is is situated in your life, superior to all things, superior to everything that you have, all your emotions, everything that you're experiencing. Allow people to see and to pour to look into your life and say, "I don't know why they're going through these circumstances, but look at the joy, look at the peace, look how they elevate Christ in their life." He said first of all in your hearts, in your heart, in your emotional base it's not enough to have a a working understanding of Christ I'm gonna say that again it's not enough to have a working understanding of Christ when you set Christ apart in your heart it means passion that you have a passion to love Him, to serve Him to, to devote your life to him, to be dedicated to him, that this world means nothing and he means everything, that there's nothing that, that I want to hang on to that is worth hanging on to if it's going to separate me from Christ. I have a passion and desire to be like him set him apart in your heart not just in your mind saying well I know he ascended from the grave and, and, and I've gone through theology and I've gone through systematic theology and, and I know this and, I, and I've understood this and I have studied this you know there's going to be a lot of people that have gone through seminary that don't make heaven because head knowledge will not get you there what will get you there is heart knowledge that you know that you know that you know that Christ died for you that he rose again and you're so excited to see him that there's a passion in your heart to love him see the world pulls that that love for God out of your heart that's why the Scripture says, love not the world and the things that are in the world. Why? Because if you're focused on the love of this world, if you're focused on the stupid stuff of this world that is here today and gone tomorrow, and you're sacrificing your relationship with God and, and with people, you're a fool. Trust in the Lord and allow that joy to spring forth is something amazing. To set him apart as Christ in your heart. And I love this. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks. Is anybody asking you of the hope that's in you? Is anybody seeing the hope that's in you? Like you said, I had a pastor he would always use the, the phrase, you know, you know, some people don't like anything. They're always negative. You know, they don't like donuts because they have holes in them. <laughs> you know and, uh, uh, why be negative when you can be positive did you hear me what's the difference between being negative and being positive what's, being, what's the difference between the world is, is out to get you and you're out to get the world choice choice there again that choice will not just be a mental ascension I don't know why I'm on this but somebody needs to hear this that choice will not be a mental ascension alone you will not make a cognitive thought process that says I now am going to be positive you ever had anxiety I have. Here's how anxiety works. Anxiety is, is you get this oh, oh man, this this like it's not gonna work out. And then you tell your mind, calm down. Calm down, everything's gonna be okay, you look at it. And then your then your heart says, Let's freak out. And you say, Okay. <laughs> that that's anxiety. If you want to to have Christ set apart in your life, it can't just be a mental ascension. It has to be a passion of the heart or the mind in the heart. That's why the scripture says, love the Lord with all your mind, your soul, and your spirit. Everything about you has to be passionate about Christ. And when everything is passionate about Christ, you're not giving room for the world to get into your life. And when you're not allowing the world to get into your life, that means you're drawing closer to the, because my friends, there is no middle fence. There is not uh, a place that you can just sit in the middle. You're either going toward God or away from God. You're either moving toward the world or away from the world. There's no difference. There's no, there's no middle ground. You're either going, one way or another and that way is determined by by you and you alone whether you're going to set your mind and your heart and your affections your heart, your passion, everything on Christ and when you do that your your vision changes your, your life changes, your motivation changes and everything becomes okay because the God of peace and hope is filling you peace. Set apart Christ in your life and be prepared. Know your testimony. Scripture tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What is your testimony? What God has done for you. Have you ever seen somebody that that you're talking to them and and they're saying, well, I'm a Christian and, and then They got the Eeyore complex, that everything's negative. And then they say, well, you want to come to church? And it's like, no. No, no, not, not, no, 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 no. It's important. be prepared to give an answer to everyone that asks of the, the reason of the hope that you have. If you have no hope, they're not going to ask you for the reason of your hope. If you have no joy, they're not going to ask you, why can you be joyful in difficult times? If you don't have any tranquility, they're not going to ask you, why are you so peaceful in the middle of this storm? And all of those things come from living and trusting in Him. And when people ask, know your testimony, it must be something from the heart. Don't don't speak to the negativity. Speak to the optimism. I'm going to ask our our uh, praise team to please come. I want to ask you again, in closing, who's watching you? Who's in the sycamore tree looking at you? And you say, "Well, I don't know if anybody's looking at my life." Well. Zacchaeus wanted to hear from, about Jesus because he had heard about the amazing things that he had done. I will promise you this. If you live a life of patience and joy and peace in God, people will climb the tree to see what's in you. People want joy. Joy. People want peace, peace of mind and peace of heart. Would you stand with me? Several years ago, uh, we were going through a difficult time in the church we were pastoring. And I know, I know, you're probably thinking churches never have difficult times, um, but there were a couple of people that were very, that their mind wasn't set on the Lord. And they decided to try to harm God's people, harm God's church. And we dealt with it graciously, or as graciously as we could. And about two weeks later, three weeks later, I had a, a guy knock on my office door and he came in and we started talking and I'll never forget this conversation he said pastor we're still here I said well I thank you I thank you for being here he said and the reason why we're here is because we watched you and we watched how you dealt with that situation with grace humility and compassion and we want to follow you i'm not saying that for any other reason that people are watching people are watching you who's in the tree looking at you and do you have an answer and what are they looking at do they see the joy of the lord and the way to get the joy of the Lord is to trust in Him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You. For-